0: Look now at our all-important radar defense screen. But your regenerated circuits are tuned asynchronously, and that causes concatenation in the intermediate amplifier.
1: Initiating the start sequence.
2: Everybody, Welcome back to the English department roundtable podcast here at Bishop O'Connell High School. I'm Mr. Meehan with you here as always and this week we are talking about teamwork in a collaborative kind of way. Uh, to do it, I have some of my team members here uh, from the English department. Uh, our English department here, I gotta say, is like my favorite team of people. I was so excited when I had my, I told the guys, like, can we put a podcast together and get the band back together? We've had all summer to be by ourselves. Now we have all the brains back in the room. I'm super excited to uh, to be just learning with people who are, who are bright that I can learn more from. Um, so joining the podcast today, we have uh, familiar faces in our English department With some slight uh, unfamiliar names I guess the first person I should introduce <laughs> to you Maybe for the first time for our podcasting audience Is Mrs. Michelle Rhymes. Did I get that last name right? Mm-hmm. Um, because this was the former Miss Michelle Lattice
1: yeah. uh, You got married over the summer I did And I was there,
2: high five And it was lovely And you were there too um, And it was, it was lovely And your last name is now Rimes,
0: Mm-hmm Which
2: is a great name for an English teacher It's yeah. just spelled differently
1: True. Okay,
2: good. It's just sort of on the theme of, of you know, learning together, growing together, right? <laughs> I'm doing the best I can for segways. Um, you happy to be back?
1: Yes. Yeah. Good.
2: And you're teaching a new prep this year, too. You have uh, the yearbook. Yearbook. Speaking yeah. of collaboration, where everybody gets together. Cool. And,
1: it's going to be fun. Okay,
2: excellent. Um, to my right, uh, same name as last year. Uh, yep. and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a fancy way to say that. One uh, Mrs., Mrs. Courtney Lewicki.
0: Yes. Welcome back. Thank you. And
2: you have uh, a new class on your roster this year, too, right? I do. You're teaching the honors sophomores? Yes. Got it. Um, so you had a lot of new summer reading to do and new books yes, to look I at. Did. And things like that. Um, and I think this is a great time. Like, we were joking about the wedding thing. We sat at the same table at the wedding. We did. It was lovely. And we talked. And, and, <laughs> and
0: had good. fun. And we, we had fun.
2: We danced. It was good. Uh, it, was, it was a great time. Um, but we're talking today about, like, the value of working together and the value of collaboration. Last week, we talked about text annotation, which is how a student can, can make individual use of study time, um, mm-hmm. working in a book um, or working in a long form text um, so that they'll have access to um, their own types of stuffs. Um, but now we're talking about how we kind of work together and this year with the, the shifted schedule as, as, as we have um, our new nighttime, yeah. um, time it, it, it affords a lot more time for that collaborative type of learning mm-hmm. um, that the nighttime has been separated from the lunches means that everybody has nighttime school-wide at the exact same time Yeah, so you can meet with teachers you can meet with uh, students from your same classes um, or at the same grade level But also from other grade levels and so we, the value of like putting all of our heads together and just talking about uh, Ways that we can kind of learn from each other Mm -hmm. um, is a really, you know, really it seems like a timely kind of conversation to have. Um, And you guys in each of your classes have have different ways that you kind of make it happen. So I figured today what we'd do is um, review some of the ways that in classes we've used group type activities. Sure. And maybe even if a student doesn't have a teacher to like walk them through step by step how to do it during nighttime, it could be a great way to make better use of how they're spending their their time in the day. Mm -hmm. So that they, again, it's, it, more hands make less work for any one person if we, if we work together in collaboration. Exactly. Because um, our podcast, right, this is a chance we, we kind of talk and we learn from each other. Uh, so yep. this is our first example of that. Um, are there other things that you've used in your classes, um, maybe as a teacher, or you've seen that your students really dig um, when it comes to team-type activities or collaboration stuffs?
0: I've done large group discussions with my classes called Socratic Seminars. Um, so I'll shout out to my freshmen from last year. because Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're My classes were kind of rock stars with this. Um, I was really proud of them. Uh, so the group would get a general topic or a question and they get a little bit of time to think individually, gather some textual evidence or go back and review something, make sure you got it just right. Um, and then we'd all come together as a group and we just kind of open up the floor with, okay, what do you think about this? And from that point on, it's kind of whatever direction the students want to take it in. And, I mean, we had some really heated discussions. We had some really good, uh, you know, interactive discussions where you were pulling from the text. And, I mean, this started to happen that the, I didn't have to tell the kids to do that. They were doing it on their own. Um, so I think they all recognized that as mutually beneficial. So even though they didn't have the same opinion that somebody was, whoever was speaking, um, they could add on to it or they could refute it. They could bring in some evidence to support it or evidence to disprove it. Everybody had a way of participating, so it wasn't just like always the same people talking. So
2: let me ask some clarifying questions because this is, this is um, really important. When I do a se- seminar type thing in my classroom, I've seen teachers do it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do the one big group circle that everyone kind of circles at the desk? And Mr. Negley's classes do that.
0: Right, yeah, that's what I do so that all the students can see each other um, as long as the room kind of allows it right. last year.
2: Right, sometimes we get a little crowded, I mean,
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but
2: the idea of like, so everybody's in a circle, right. and you're joining. it, so you may have called, heard it called um, like circles, or seminars, or Socratic seminars, right. um, Harkness circles work the same way. Um, do you have any pro tips on how, if a student is like trying to replicate that same process in a group of two or three of their friends, that without a teacher to sort of guide that conversation, what, what type of things did, why does that succeed in the classroom, right? So that they can do the same kind of things um, together.
0: Right. Well, it's a free exchange of ideas. And it's very rapid in that you are bouncing ideas off of each other. So, like I said, you're adding on things or you're asking clarification questions. So it's not all just statements. Um, before you would start to attempt one, I would say uh, come up with, like four or five questions that are open-ended, so they're not like yes or no questions. Right. They're not uh, like find a fact or something like that. Um, deal with interpretation or deal with opinion, um, and then you know everybody get a chance to kind of think about it and then you guys all touch base together and see kind of where it goes from there. And if it peters out, that's when you go to one of your other questions. So you have like
2: two or three great like heavy thinking questions when you right. comment about it. Right. Um, almost, almost like these kind of podcasts that we're, we're clarifying as we go. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. I mean, we have, we, we have our cheat sheet on the board about things we want to talk about, um, but we really let the conversations <laughs> go unfold where as they, may. As, as they yeah. need to. Um, I think that's important too, because when we sit down for a Socratic seminar in class, sometimes I have an idea of where I want it to go, but the mark of a good educator and the mark of an educated mind is the ability to accept new ideas. And yeah. say, so, you know, I, I hadn't really considered that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that you mentioned it, I'm, I'm seeing that there is text evidence to back that up. Allowing yourself to be flexible. Um, I think you're absolutely right that, that, that respect and open no exchange of, of dialogue. I also, as a pro tip, always like make sure to use somebody's name. Like, right. oh, that's a great point. Right. This is the wiki, Mr. Mehan, Mrs. Rhymes. I'm gonna get that wrong like eight times. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mr. Rhymes, is there something you, you've seen in your classes that works?
1: Yeah, last year uh, with my sophomores, I did something called a jigsaw, um, which was really fun and it, it ended up working really well. And I think the kids really enjoyed it. My students really took to it. Um, we were actually talking about what were on poetry at the time.
2: Happy um, stuff. Yeah, which <laughs> like,
1: right, and it's kind of a tough thing, and poetry also is, is tough in general. Right. Um, and so basically what I had them do is I put them into groups, and each group was assigned a poem. And we had done this as a whole class already, so they sort of had an idea what I was looking for. And with each poem came some questions, and it was about, um you know, the type of figurative language that you would see in the poem and where it sort of fit. Um, We had basically like themes that we were looking for and how it fit into one of those sort of themes and how that connected to the novel that we were reading. Um, So their job in in their group was to really look at that one poem, answer those questions, figure out the figurative language and sort of figure out what, the poet was trying to say, right? I mean, basic poetry type.
2: So every group is looking at the same poem?
1: Different poems.
2: Different poems, okay They're so all looking
1: at different poems. So, let's say so that's where the
2: jigsaw piece comes in. Yeah. Like. It's like you took a puzzle apart, yes. and you have, like, group one is looking at poem one, yes. group two is in poem two. OK, I got yes. it.
1: And so then there was you know, four, or five, four or five students in each group. And then I mixed the groups up so that now these new groups had formed where all of the students had read different poems. And they all had the poems in their packets, so they're explaining to each other what their poem
2: meant. So, so group A's representative is talking to group B's representative and right. C. So they're kind of connecting the dots between them. Right,
1: okay. and, it's, and it really required them to have sort of an expert knowledge of their poem in right. order to explain it to someone else. Um, and something that I saw that I thought was pretty neat is, is that they would actually occasionally uh, I noticed they would sort of run back to one of their group members to double check, right? Like this is what we said, right? Like we agreed that this is what was happening right, in right, this poem, right. which I thought was great because they were so uh, invested yeah. in their own work that they didn't want to tell someone the wrong thing.
2: And let me let me, let me ask that question as a clarifying item. Um, you said you know that they're almost like proud to. Yeah. Just to be, I mean, Look, it it feels great to be hit personally with the answers. Exactly. Um, <laughs> do you find that like as teachers, and we've been at this thing like together for many years, um, the the teaching of stuffs. Do you find that when you teach it, you get better at learning it?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Like, that was an affirmative on on both. Yeah. Do you, yeah. I mean, how do you think that kind of plays out in a in a in a jigsaw type or a student setting, where like, you're being armed as like a, a designated ad, like deputy or expert of the text.
0: Well, it it forces you after having digested the information, you've listened to it or you've worked with it um, to then be able to adjust the language, you have to put it in your own words, mm-hmm. and then you know, you're talking to another person, so god forbid they ask you a question, right. you have to be able, saying. you <laughs> have to be able to follow up, right. so it's not just like, oh, this is what this means, okay, but how does that work here, I, right. I, I don't understand, right.
2: um, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, so it, it pushes you for that deeper thinking that you don't necessarily do just
2: by yourself. So it's, it's, again, it's, it's dialogue driven. Like, it's like, after I saw a great movie, you say, well, what was it about? Right. I try to explain, you ask, wait a minute, what about the X, Y, Z? So there's clarifying mm-hmm, exactly. questions throughout.
1: Right, um, so like, they couldn't just go to the other group and say, well, this is a poem about the lost generation, because then, then there would be questions like, well, where?" I don't understand that. Like, right. how can you say that? And you'd have to say, well, look here at the text. Look at these words, you know? So you have to really know what you're saying.
2: And, and be ready for those follow-up questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which means you, I guess the, the best way to talk about this then is, it's clear that if you're doing a jigsaw typing with your, with your buddies in a, study, in a study group, like, that's awesome, provided everyone has access to those same texts. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just be like, hey, you read page one, I'll read page two, you read page three, and I'll read page four. It's hard to piece a puzzle together if right. you don't have a, like the, the, the box to sort of show you what all the, the big picture looks like. Yeah. Right. Um, so can I brag about some online stuff then? Can I do that for Sure. Um, yeah, um, I like uh, online discussion forums. Um, there's a bunch of teachers through the building, now through MyDJO, which is like my new favorite thing. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I, I'm kind of geeking <laughs> out about it, I'm not going to lie. If I if I ever have a child, I'm going to name it MyDJO. That'll be, that'll be it's maybe too, it's far. New, too, too far. Too far. Too far. Um, we'll, we'll edit that part out okay. in the podcast. Um, but the uh, the MyDJO has a really cool discussion forum feature that some teachers are turning on. Um, hmm. Not It's not on for everybody, um, but as your teachers, as your classes feel comfortable with it um the idea of exactly what we're doing here if you have facebook and i'm sounding old when i say facebook because <laughs> teen- teenagers don't use facebook no. um like you post a picture of yourself in disney world and say this is me in disney world and then your aunt says love the picture and your mom says looking great like you've opened up a d- threaded discussion of what this looks like my mom looks at my so vacation you apparently
1: i don't have a lot of friends like no that. no i don't <laughs>
2: I record English <laughs> podcasts for fun guys. I mean, this is where we are. I, w- I went to your wedding, thank you though. I have, I, I have two friends okay. right here at this table. Um, but yeah, so, so online discussion forums, now exist. the possibility to turn those on inside of my DJO. Right. So your teacher can post a, a, a prompt question or an article and say, everyone take a look at this same thing, now respond here online and tell me what you think. So the first person makes a comment and the second person makes a comment just like you would on Facebook or on Reddit. Um, but what I love about it is it really lends Um, online discussion that students can respond to the text or to the person who responded before them Mm -hmm. or to the text and the person so like it's a discussion that goes outside of the classroom Um, maybe I'm being like evil when I'm thinking this far ahead but if it snows this year
0: this Mm -hmm. is an awesome
2: way to like get e-learning done (laughs) <laughs> um, because it, it, as long as we have access to the internet, um, you can just, you know, hey, this is a, I don't know, a picture from the cover of The Great Gatsby. What do you think about it? Mm-hmm. And let students, you know, there, there are no wrong answers provided they're, they're putting text evidence of, well, I think this means X, Y, and Z. And just letting people, um, you know, say their piece and then kind of feed off each other. I mean, a lot of conversation is it's like a snowball. Um, it just kind of rolls together.
0: That's ironic, snow day, snowball. Yeah, right, I got um, that. The, what I like is that through these different kind of forums or formats the students see that there's not just one answer when right. it's a teacher standing in front of a classroom frequently the students and if my students are listening please don't do this they like to kind of parrot it back exactly the same thing that i yeah. already said yeah. right and that's just me and i mean i come from one background and right. other people come from very different backgrounds so you see something that i don't because i have no connection to that And again, that's what's really great about these different avenues is that you see, oh, yeah, well, that's valid and that's valid too. Um, And then, you know, students will probably come to a crisis point where they're like, I don't know what to think anymore. Right. That's where we can help you. (laughs) But
2: but I think that, I mean, like, and and we can talk about this as as a Catholic school, like, there are right answers and we're not afraid of right answers. Right. Um, At the same time, I think as a 21st century school, we are aware that um, trends in education have moved to a way that It's about finding text evidence to support specific claims instead of multiple choice style questions about, there was only one right answer when you read this book. This book was always about X. Um, And I think that while we're not ceding to like full-on relativism, well, everything means everything, there's a range of acceptable answers. (laughs) Um, And we're very proud as English teachers, like, that's interesting that you think that. Can you point to text evidence to support that claim? And everything we've kind of discussed here really says, Look, if you read uh, *The Great Gatsby* and thought it was about unicorns and zombies, I didn't get that out of it. But if you can find the text yeah, evidence to support you that see claim, those unicorns yeah, and um, zombies. I think that's a big. It, it goes back to what we talked about last week on the podcast. Is like, well, if you have text evidence, you've annotated, you've highlighted right. certain threads will emerge, um, mm-hmm. and that's why teachers always are kind of pushing those same two or three key points for each book because they come up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what, what would you say to a student who says, "Well, what if we pursue the wrong avenue?" Because I think you are looking at um, like guided questions or like group analysis type questions right. where they're like a suggested interpretation. Right. Um, like, what do you do if you're like barking up the total wrong tree as, as a group of students? Like you go into it and you just didn't get out of it what maybe either the class or the teacher thought. Um, what would you say to a student who kind of says, look, I did this group thing, I did this jigsaw thing, I did this forum thing, I didn't get that. Um, what is a way kind of back towards like familiar waters for them? Because it can be overwhelming to, to, to think that you had Overwhelming freedom and find out you're totally like in the wrong
1: um, you're out of your own depth yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that what happens occasionally too is is sort of along what you're saying is they they try too hard right like I, I know we've talked about this that they're trying to find deeper meaning um, in places that that really there isn't deeper meaning. Do, do you know what I mean like right. um, not everything is a symbol right not everything represents something else and I think that A lot of times when students start to head down that wrong road, it's because they're trying so hard to find this like. minute detail. Right, instead of really. the forest through the trees. Right, (laughs) exactly. So I think that maybe taking a step back and really just saying, like, starting maybe from the bigger picture, right? Right. Like, what is this book about, do I think, as a whole? Right. And then go from there instead of like, okay, I just read this paragraph, so let's figure out what exactly. So
2: perspective is important. Right, right. right. Um, would you agree, Ms. Logie you're saying yes? Yeah,
0: I, I would. Um, I, this probably came up with, <laughs> shout out to the AP senior class. Uh, third period, Mrs. Cerniglia. Why
2: am I whooping? Did I, uh,
0: I don't know.
2: <laughs> I really don't have any friends.
0: <laughs> so uh, I did this uh, jigsaw exercise with, mm-hmm. with them. Um, and they did have some suggested interpretations based on the questions they were given. And they were very good, I, I told them, you know, do your answers first and then once you've finished all that go back and look at these suggested interpretations and the emphasis is on suggested Mm -hmm. it's not like this is the way the only way right um and i told them to kind of reflect back on you know could my interpretation stand up next to this one Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. does this one shed light on some information that i found true what could i add what do i need to go back and revisit so if you kind of head down the wrong path and again you're you're stuck with the forest within the trees you you can't see it right um, kind of take a step back maybe take a break yeah. uh, talk to somebody else talk to a teacher whatever um, but yeah go back to that keep it in perspective
2: perspective is big I think i um, I was reading a book it's called The Checklist Manifesto. Very exciting about, about how to make checklists. This is what I do, guys. Um, Page and, Turner. Yeah, right. It's, it's very exciting. Oh, man. It's about how to make a checklist. Uh, and uh, one of the, the, the things in there, I think it mentioned, um, it's a brilliant book. I, I should do a whole podcast on that one. Uh, I really
1: feel like I should mention now that you both bought me a teaching book. For
2: you. You're welcome. Hey.
0: It's a really good book.
2: It's a really good book. Um, it's the gift that keeps for on giving. another time. It's a gift that keeps on giving. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm on that fan club. Um, but uh, the uh, the checklist book talked about um, starting what you know and the importance of starting with what you know hmm. um, that you confirm the things that are without a doubt. At least you have them at the ready. And it talks about the uh, the TV show Band of Brothers. The the mini series was on mm-hmm. HBO many years right. ago. Um, where they're lost in the middle of World War II, separated from their platoon, they don't know where they are, and one of the guys in a panic says, you know, to the commander, he says, yeah, we're lost, and the commander says, no, we're in Normandy. <laughs> um, and that's what he knows, and so he says what he knows to start. And if you start with, well, we're in Normandy, right. that's our first step, right. and it leads you back to those familiar waters. Um, it's, 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 it's vital to maintain respect, yeah, we're not where we're supposed to be, but we're still in Normandy, so that means we're at least... Here, Somewhere, um, right, and that gives you at least you know maybe that lighthouse on the hill to say okay well we need to work our right way back towards whatever that next uh, check check is. The lighthouses don't go on hills; they go on on sounds. That's a that's a very Co- yeah. I'm a very I'm not a m- metaphors today. I'm doing I'm dying on it. Um, well, that sounds like a good a good way to end it today. Um, we're drowning in uh, getting lost in uh, in in text and, and sharing stuff. So, do we have a last minute thing we want to say? Like uh, one last hey guys. I know it's hard, but working together makes your life easier because?
1: Because discussion, I think, always helps you learn more about the text you're reading.
2: Ms.
0: Um I would say explaining something to somebody else solidifies and um, cements your own knowledge so that you can recall it when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And I would say, like, don't feel afraid to feel stupid in front of people who are smart, um, because that's I how we I feel that smarter. way every day! I mean, I, I, <laughs> Like I sound like a goof sometimes, yeah. and I think that's okay. Um, that, that confidence in yourself to say, hey look, I don't know, but at least I know that I don't know, and I can start with that. Yeah, like that, That's very powerful.
0: Yeah, um, always, especially as a student. Especially as a student. Yeah. Never be afraid to ask.
2: Because you, bar- you, get, you get smarter by hanging out with people who ask you to force yourself to, to ask those smarter yeah. questions. Yeah. Um, Killer. Well, thank you guys. Um, if you guys uh, have questions for us, uh, please uh, feel free to shoot an email to the department or email uh, me personally. Tweet at me. I'm at DJO, Um And we'll be back with the new podcast next week. Ladies, thank you for your time again this week. Enjoy that teacher book, which is really, really good. Um, and we'll come up with more stuff. Uh, we'll see you guys back here next week. Thanks again.